I'm gonna have to kick you, you know what, today. We're heading inside the tent with an injury update from the Las Vegas Raiders. That's right. Uh, and a reminder, this half of In the Huddle is brought to you by the Neuropathy and Pain Centers of Las Vegas. Look, there's nothing worse than living in chronic pain uh, with little hope. Uh, the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas offers genuine relief from even the most severe or persistent forms of pain. We talk about it all the time. Please give them a call at 725 725- 373-9879 uh, with whatever you're dealing with. Uh, from the high end of pain to the low end of pain, uh, there's help for you. Uh, you don't have to grin and bear it. Uh, call them at 725-373-9879. And with that, we welcome in our good friend, Dr. Stephen Shaw from the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. Dr. Shaw, how are you doing today? Hey, Benny. Good to, good to talk to you. How's it going? Everything's good. Uh, everything's good. You know, it's, it's interesting. We're right in the thick of free agency uh, in the NFL, and teams are trying to get their roster in order before the draft and obviously before the season starts, training camp and all those that good stuff. But simultaneous to that, you've got baseball just starting on the drop of a dime. Um, and it's funny because f- baseball free agency right now is coinciding with NFL free agency. That's never happened before. But here we are after the labor dispute got taken care of last week. And baseball is back. And I was thinking about uh, you guys over at the Pain Center uh, and you you specifically because you have a whole bunch of players that were kind of sitting around. I know they were working out during the labor dispute, um, which has been uh, had been ongoing for a long, long time. Uh, but at the drop of a hat, they have to get back up and go out on the field and start preparing for a season. And it's not going to be as long as they normally get in in spring training because of the labor dispute. But, um, you know, from a doctor's perspective and and with what you're dealing with and how easy guys can rush into something and maybe hurt themselves and get lost for, you know, a good part of the season, any advice that you would give some of these guys as they they start working their way back into uh, the type of shape that you need to be in to deal with 162 games of a baseball season? Well, I, sure. I mean, you got to keep things into perspective. Uh, you know, there's, it's not like the old days when uh, you and I played and there was just a baseball season and that lasted, uh, you know, five or six months and you took the rest of the year off. I, I mean, when their seasons are, are over, and, and this includes football, hockey, um, you know, the training regimen begins. And um, to be able to withstand that kind of a load, the strength training becomes very important. The kinesiology training, like the yoga, the Pilates, uh, things to keep their movement in 100%. Uh, that, that starts way before the season starts. So I would imagine a lot of these guys have their own professional uh, stretching coaches, um, their conditioning coaches. Uh, but, yeah, to, to abruptly get up and, and start something at a performance level as Major League Baseball, I, I don't know that they could do it without the uh, previous training months before. Um, you know, I, I, myself, I can barely get up from my couch and go to, go to the refrigerator four times a night without pulling a hamstring. Uh, but, but these guys, I think are well attuned and conditioned by the time, uh, spring training comes around. Yeah. And, and, uh, it's, it's interesting that you, that you bring all that up, which there's no doubt it's a 24 seven now, 12 month a year, um, you know, uh, process for professional athletes. There's really no off season except for a little bit of time where, you know, you give yourself a little bit of time to, to rest up and recuperate and then it's right back at it. However, there's one thing to, to you know, in terms of, you know, keeping the body right and staying on top of things, like you said, yoga and lifting weights and conditioning and all that. But something happens when the real thing rolls around. And even in training camp or spring sure. training, there's a competitive 
roster that oh, yeah. probably overtake. And you have so many guys, guys that are trying to live up to contracts, guys that are trying to earn a job. Uh, so the natural inclination, I would imagine, is to get out there and show what you can do. And sometimes that might be, there might be a little bit of a fine line there, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. They, they're going to hit the gas and not let up. I understand that. You know, the majority of these injuries, though, you know, I mean, what, what do they play? Is it now 162 games? Yes. Or it's, 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 100, it's upwards of 150 anyway. And I mean, uh, you know, that just means a lot of sprain and a lot of strain. And sprain is usually indicative of the. Uh, muscles and tendons, and strain of the connective tissue and ligaments. And those are prevalent injuries. And that's why you notice that every, uh, for example, every Major League Baseball uh, pitcher that comes off the mound, the first thing that happens when he hits the dugout is there's a trainer waiting with a big old ice pack, just, just lays it right on his throwing shoulder, because they all have tendonitis. They all have bursitis. It's, just, it's inescapable. I mean, you have to deal with the inflammatory process, and there are ways to do it. And then, thankfully, these guys have you know, professional trainers to stay on top of it. But it's, it's just not avoidable when you're playing that high, when they're hitting the gas at that high competitive level and they're doing it 162 times a year. I mean, it, you know, so it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when things start to break down. So it's staying in top condition and it's, it's just try, try to avoid injury as best as possible, but you know, also stay on top of your training with your, uh, with your staff available. We're talking to Dr. Stephen Shaw from the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. Give him a call if you're dealing with any kind of pain, chronic, severe, mild, whatever the case might be. Uh, you don't have to go uh, at it alone. Give him a call at 725-373-9879. Uh, Dr. Shaw, um, I don't know if you've dealt with this before uh, as a doctor, uh, but you know, there's a lot of lying sometimes going on uh, with professional athletes uh, who are concealing injuries, literally, because it's so competitive. There's somebody right behind them biting at their heels to take their job, uh, and and you don't want to open up any kind of a door for somebody to take your job. It's understandable. So there's some, hey, are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine, even though they might not be fine. Uh, uh, you know, and they're, they're just hiding something, trying to get through it so that somebody doesn't take their job, literally. Um, but in your line of work, uh, do you deal with that where people are just apprehensive for whatever reason about being truthful and honest about what they might be dealing with? Yeah, it, you know, you come across it from time to time. It depends on the scenario. I mean, you know, good, hardworking people, really, they just want to get back to work as soon as possible. I, I do a lot of uh, impairment ratings or disability ratings for injured workers here in Nevada. And, and uh, oftentimes, uh, you know, I'll ask them, how are they feeling? And it's, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I just want to go back to work because they're so afraid that I'm going to take them off of work or, you know, penalize them in some yeah. way. But, yeah, it's, it's important to be truthful to your, to your uh, uh, clinician, your physicians, all of, your, all of the people uh, surrounding you trying to help you because they can't help you unless you express to what degree that you're injured and how it's affecting you. And, you know, I, under, I understand lying. I mean, you see that a lot with the uh, – I treat a lot of MMA fighters. And uh, <laughs> I've had guys with broken ribs come in and look me right in the eye and say, yeah, but I can fight next week, right? <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, well, uh, I got bad news for you. I mean, you can. Uh, it's not going to feel great, 
but uh, it's it's not advisable. Yeah, that competitive nature uh, is a real thing, and also the motivation uh, behind it not to give up your spot. You know, it's a it's a very very real thing. I try to tell people all the time that these guys uh, and women um, they're 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 as proud as you possibly can be, and there's so much at stake when it t- when it comes to money uh, and your profession that you're gonna you know literally suck things up uh, in order to be out there, even though you probably uh, shouldn't be. Uh, Dr. Shaw, uh, you know, getting away from professional sports and, and MMA, there's a lot of people right now that, are, you know, the weather's starting to get warmer. Um, it's Things are opening up in terms of being able to be a little bit more active uh, because of the weather. Uh, but what would you suggest to some people in terms of some preventative things that they can do so that they don't just go hit the ground running and then, you know, knock themselves uh, off to the sidelines for the next week or month or so? Sure, sure. I, it's funny. I, uh, it's almost like we rehearsed this. I, I did a uh, little segment for uh, Wellness Wednesdays on Channel 3 about this same thing, and we had talked about the importance of stretching before activity. And a lot of people think that uh, you know stretching is only exclusive to high-performance athletes or weekend warriors and, and things like that, but you know, even just your average office worker sitting for prolonged periods, eight hours a day in a chair, you have to, in order to sit, you have to flex your hamstrings. So imagine it'd be the same thing as if I asked you to make a bicep and hold it for eight hours. Right. You know, for, for the first hour or two, you might be okay, but after about four or five hours, that's going to catch up with you and you're going to start to ache. That's why you got to stretch it out. So that's why it feels good after sitting for so long to get up and stretch out your legs. So what, what the advice I would give would, would be spend five minutes a day. You know, whether that's yoga, whether that's Pilates, you can literally go to YouTube and type in five minute yoga routine and you're going to get 11 million hits out of that. So the, the, the paradox of choice is there. You have plenty to choose from. And I mean, really, five minutes, it, it comes down to 300 seconds. And I can get a lot done in 300 seconds. There's no question about it. Well, you heard <laughs> Dr. Shaw. Take it easy. Do the necessary. Take the necessary steps. Stretching, um, you know, even post-wise, in terms of the icing and uh, all the types of things to do to, to to stay active, because that's what we all uh, want to do for as long as possible. And again. If you're dealing with any kind of a pain, uh, whether it's a high level of pain, a medium, low, chronic, persistent, it just cropped up, whatever the case might be, you don't have to go at it alone. Uh, Those days are over. Give the doctors a call at 725-373-9879. Dr. Odell, or Dr. Odell, uh, uh, Dr. Stephen Shaw, thank you so much for spending some time with us uh, today in the huddle, and we'll check back with you uh, later on this week. Thank you very much, Dr. Shaw. Go nice, go Raiders. There you go. That's Dr. Stephen Shaw from the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. Give him a call, 725-373-9879. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Tuesday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Gonna go right back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Dark Side Don is on the line. Dark Side Don, what do you got, brother? What's going on, Vinny? I'm doing good, my man. Hey, you kind of touched on what I what I hit on earlier this morning with Clay about you know the season ain't win is nobody's winning anything in March, right? So you know I, I wanted to kind of piggyback on that. You know I'm I'm willing to bet that you know 
it's been, you know, reported that they've been looking at a lot of practice tape. I'm willing to bet that they've seen a lot in practice tape that's allowing them to sit on their hands a little bit, you know, and not rush things. Um, allowing them to, to, to make maneuvers and things that of that nature where they're not some they're not really strained. They're not really in a in a desperate state to go, oh man, hey, we need to go out here and get that and plug this and get that and plug this. I don't think that they see that as as an option at this moment. I think that they they they, they got a lot of home I think that they believe that they have some homegrown talent in there. Um, a Brian Edwards maybe or, you know, uh some like like uh, Leatherwood could be coached up. They they've been big on their coaches. So I'm I'm not so certain that things are are in a bad state like how a lot of Raider Nation is going. Not at all, and that's a great call, Darkside. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, there's no way that these guys are looking at this team and seeing what John Gruden saw, let's say, in 2018, which is this thing needs to be torn down, and and rightfully so at that point in time. The Raiders had really the the the, the cupboard was extremely bare, except for maybe three three players: Derek Carr. Uh, Amari Cooper and um, you know Khalil Mack, and and so there were just holes all over the place. That's not what's going on uh, with the Raiders. The Raiders won ten games last year. They made the playoffs. They're in a good place from a foundational standpoint. They just need some help at some key areas, uh, dark side. And I think that you hit the nail on the head with that with that call. They're not panicking. They've spent the last month and a half assessing this roster, watching every play, every practice, every rep, everything, and they they have a pretty good handle on what they have coming back, and they understand uh, some of the weaknesses, the weak areas, um, and and they're going to address those areas. Just because it didn't happen in the first 48 hours of the tampering period um, doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. It's far from it. So uh, just be patient and kind of let it play out, and I think that Raider fans – uh, we'll be feeling a whole lot better in about a week or so, um, and that and that's fine. It's there's no games coming up on the schedule. Uh, we haven't even had, the schedule hasn't even been announced yet, Devon Cotton, uh, for for you to worry about who you're playing next. I mean, there's there's four preseason games this year before hey, Vinny, before we even get to that. Go ahead. You say that, but they do know that they have to play every team in the AFC West. That's bolstering up their roster that they got to play in two times. Well, there you go, and uh, no question about it. And obviously, again, and as we just said, uh, have, have the Chargers, you know, maybe uh, moved out a little bit on paper anyway in front of the Raiders. If you want to say that, yeah, the games st- still comes down to you know uh, playing the actual games. Yeah, you say that, but it's like, oh, on paper, are you freaking out over the? It's are you not really freaking out? But no, they have gotten are better you, players. Last season, what what was one of the, their deficiencies? Their run defense. They beefed up their interior okay, line. Yeah, now, no, but, one, but you, our, you could always say, well, they could get these guys and they for, they can forget how to play football. Yeah, but, but I, it comes I, I'm with not getting our, good players. No, we, uh, like we have. So to where go are by, you at? Where are you right now? If you're not freaking out, what are you? Oh no, that the Raiders need to make some moves. That's what I'm thinking. Well, but you have to yes, look at players and they are going past, to. Players past production and say, like, oh, this is guy did this with this team. This guy did that with that team. He's obviously a good player. Yeah. You can't just say, oh, they're going to get that guy and he's going to suck. What proof do you have of that? I'm not saying you're saying that. No, no, no. But you can't just look at, but, oh, but, I don't care who they signed. Okay, we've established that. Now, are you on the side where, like, there's some fans that are literally, forget it, let's, let's just trade everybody and start rebuilding. <laughs> is that where you are with this? Are you that worried? Uh, no, I don't think that comes down to being worried too. I don't think that Ziggler and McDaniel signed up for a rebuild. Even if you say, even if you gave them a crystal ball and said, "Hey, you probably got a twenty percent chance," they're go, they'll take that twenty percent. Yeah, because I think they don't want to. Yeah. They, you know, you don't want to rebuild. Right. You don't want to come in your brand new shot 
and this is your team. Uh, you, this is your guys' chance. College roommates, college teammates. You both. You both are basically running an NFL team, right? And you're going to go for a rebuild. That doesn't sound like no, th- yeah. definitely, definitely not. And 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 I think that if you if you square away the offensive line, uh, go get yourself a wide receiver. I think you've got an offense in that regard that's going to be able to compete against even that defense now that the that the Chargers are building. And I feel like the Raiders, with some tweaks, uh, you know, defensively, are going to be in a good place to defend, uh, you know, those teams. Nobody's going to get stopped. That doesn't happen in the NFL. But I think that you can build a team that could be opportunistic, timely, uh, and be able to make enough stops to go beat now the Chargers and, and the Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's what the goal has to be. But the thought of you know, just, you know, uh, folding up your cards and go playing for, you know, three years from now, that's not happening. And there, nor should nor, nor, nor should uh, that be even part of the equation or, or thought process. You're coming off a 10-win season with a flawed team that understood that some of those improvements to fix those flaws were going to happen in the offseason. That's what the Raiders are focused on. They're not focused on the Chargers right now or the Denver Broncos or the Kansas City Chiefs. It was, all right, what are our strengths and what are what what are the weaknesses? How do we fix the the weaknesses? How do we um, you know further improve some of these strengths? There's a lot of strengths on this team. They showed you that uh, last year uh, by going to the playoffs, by pushing the eventual AFC champions uh, to um, to the brink of overtime on the road in that AFC uh, wild card game. So just. Be patient, and yes, no doubt, the Chargers have made improvements, but they aren't so far out ahead of the Raiders where I'm sitting here and think there's no way the Raiders are going to be able to compete against the Chargers next year. I just I refuse to believe it. I also think that division games are so competitive, so difficult, so tough, that it's still going to come down uh, a lot of times, even in those games, to last possessions or, you know, who doesn't make the mistakes and who does make the mistakes. You know, it, it, this isn't a situation where the Raiders are don't have a quarterback that can compete. Derek Carr can compete. They've got one of the great young players in the game in Darren Waller. They've got one of the best slot wide receivers in Hunter Renfro. Uh, there's some areas that they need. they got one of the best left tackles in the game. They've got two of the best pass rushers in the game in Max Crosby uh, and Unique Ngakwe. Um, so just just chill out and see where they are come you know uh, OTAs, you know uh, May and 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 June. See where they're at then, and then if you need to freak out, freak out. But it's far, far, far away from that point. And there's still plenty of money under the cap and plenty of talent available uh, to make up any ground that might have been lost over these last couple of days or this last week or so. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Mitch is in New Jersey. How you doing, Mitch? Yeah, I was going, Vinny. How Good. You How you doing? Good. Did they hear right? You were talking about it's this time of year it gets warm. You're, you're in Vegas, right? It's either hot or stinking hot. No, 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 no. It's been cold. It's been chilly here, man. No, it's there's beautiful it's weather. Fifty six, six degrees is chilly for you. No, it gets into uh, it gets into the forties and thirties here um, during the winter, and and there's there's periods of time, and we're kind of closing in on that time where it's just downright beautiful and gorgeous. And I come from the the, the the greatest weathered state in the country, in the world, in California. So I know what beautiful weather feels like. Uh, and there's a nice long stretch of beautiful weather here in Las Vegas. So it's definitely not hot and way, way, way hot. It's, it's very nice. It's cold. There's times where it's cold. And then there's 90 days of just blistering heat that's uh, fast approaching um, here here in a few months. But uh, until then, it's pretty nice here during this time of year. Really nice, actually. 
Well, you figure, I figure that you, you built in a desert, and that desert's kind of like, could be cold, really hot. Anyway, um, I'd like to see, I hope the uh, Rays can answer, get another running back, because, you know, uh, Drake did get hurt, and Josh also. Um, Trey Taylor would have been a perfect backup for Derek Carr. I think uh, Taylor's going to win that job from um, Daniels, the quarterback for the Giants. And um, I expect, uh, uh, I think, I hope the Rays can move off for Drake London, get another wide receiver, and also work on the, on the defensive back. But I think they got to make a move. I, mean, I want to see him bring two more receivers to go with Renfro and, and, um, and a tight end. Yeah, I think there's definitely going to be some new – I mean, there has to be some new wide receivers. There's only – you know, the only two uh, returning wide receivers under contract right now with any extended uh, experience or production are Hunter Renfro and and, and Brian Edwards. Uh, they're they're going to get to it. They're going to – they have to. And uh, I think through the draft and free agency, uh, you know, that's what they're going to have to do. And I think there's going to be some good wide receivers that are available to them in the draft. Uh, not just in the first round, but beyond. So uh, I think they got a pretty good handle on that uh, out in Indianapolis during the scouting combine. So, um, you know, I don't think there's there, – I, I just don't sense anybody's panicking whatsoever. And uh, I think uh, whether it was – I think it was Darkside who brought up a good point there. This staff has been watching film – uh, religiously and diligently this last month and a half. They have a pretty good handle of what this roster uh, looks like, and it's not a bad roster at all. It's a playoff roster. It just needs to be tweaked a little bit um, at some key positions. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Raider Dave is in Denver trying to make sense of all of this. Raider Dave, Dave how are you doing? Well, I'm, glad, I'm glad somebody brought up the schedule because, as you know, the Raiders scrimmage against the world champions. They did it early this year, and they got respect for it too. They did. I was I there. Wait till they do it again. And the thing is that everybody with all these moves in the AFC West that I'm seeing happening and you're seeing happening, none of it scares me. I think nobody has really gone out and gotten somebody that's going to cover Kelsey. And I don't know if it's Divine Diablo for the Raiders or not, but the one time that they were able to shut down Kelsey, they beat him. The next time, they almost beat him, but he got open. He got into open field when Abrams couldn't decide whether to go after Mahomes or, or do the coverage. So I guess the question really is, is who's best poised to shut down Kelsey? Because if you don't do that, you don't have a chance at this division. Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. And, um, you know, you, you have to slow him down. There's no question about it. Uh, I think to beat the Kansas, and the, the Kansas City Chiefs, by no means uh, right now anymore, uh, are unbeatable. The Cincinnati Bengals showed that. I just felt like last year when the Raiders played the Chiefs, they played two of their worst games, whether it was penalties, just not being focused. Um, they were injured. I don't think Darren Waller played in one of those games uh, as well. It just it, it wasn't a good matchup last year for the Raiders, and part of that was self-inflicted uh, with the penalties and the turnovers and things like that. So uh, you got to get that squared away, and I think that where – you know, Josh McDaniels and the staff comes into play, and it'll be interesting to see if this shows up on the football field. Uh, but I think what they're striving for is a smart, tough, physically, um, you know, uh, mature kind of a football team, a team that's going to be able to bring it from a toughness standpoint and an intelligence standpoint. Um, and, you know, and obviously you have to have explosiveness and athleticism and, and all of that. Uh, and I think there's places to go to, whether it's in free agency or the draft, to, to bring some of that in uh, as well. Um, but but I think that, you know, we'll see. But I but maybe, and, and for Raider Nation, I hope this for you guys, uh, the days of just shooting yourself in the foot over and over again with some of the penalties and uh, just 
you know, so, so, some of the play where you, you kind of left scratching your head a little bit, uh, maybe this staff can coach that out of them and, and move this in a different direction in that regard because that's how you win games. And it's really, honestly, we saw this last year, how you lose games. If you're not on top of, of your uh, fundamentals, of your poise, um, of, of your assignments, of, of, of playing within the, the, the whistle and the rules, you're going to beat yourself. And we saw that last year without question. They kind of got it cleaned up over that last uh, stretch of the season. That's why they made it to the playoffs. But you have to play smart football, and that's a trademark of you know what this staff was all about in their previous stops. Let's see if they can bring it to Las Vegas and to the Raiders. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Michael is on the line. How you doing, Michael? I'm good, man. How you doing? Doing good, thanks. I'm just listening in on Raider Nation fans right now. I think it's funny because I feel like Raiders fans, we've been through a lot. Honestly, I feel kind of calm with this new staff. I really like our roster, and I feel like we're a couple pieces away. And people forget that there's also a lot of uh, the Broncos. They got a new coach. You you don't know what he's like, so I'm not too worried about them until I see how their coach coaches. You know, but um, I don't know if you heard this because I saw a couple of tweets about James Bradbury uh, potential trade with the Raiders. I don't know if you because like it's buzzing right now. I want to know if you heard anything about that as well. Uh, yes, I have a uh, monitoring uh, that situation, and James Bradbury has always been. A, a possibility um, you know he's he's somebody that the Raider or that the Giants um, you know in, in in their salary cap um, situation and, and their purge of, uh, of, of big contracts they got to do something with them and so I think that the um, you know the first solution for the Giants would be to find a trade uh, partner for him um, but you know uh, if, if 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 you're a team that is looking for a cornerback, uh, and you know that, hey, if nobody bites on a trade, he's going to become a free agent here pretty soon and, and easily uh, scooped up. You know, maybe you play the patience game uh, in that regard and don't have to give up anything uh, to get him. But if that market is starting to heat up in terms of James Radway and, and other teams are starting to show legitimate interest, uh, maybe that's an area where the Raiders do turn uh, because – Obviously, think about it. He played for Patrick Graham uh, the last couple of years and, and played pretty well. So, um, you know, uh, that's 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 a player that's to me has always been on the radar. How close it is, I uh, haven't been able to truly get a sense of that uh, just yet. I think it's kind of you know heating up on on Twitter, but Twitter's Twitter and reality is reality. So, um, you know, w- we'll see if that kind of comes to fruition. I think the first. Goal is Stephon uh, Gilmore, and I think the Raiders are kind of waiting that thing out. And if they f- have a sense where, you know, it's not going to work out favorably, I think James Bradbury, without question, is a viable um, backup plan uh, to that. We're going to go back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Guarab is on the line. How you doing, Guarab? Hey, Vinny, what's up? Doing good. How you doing? Hey. All right, I'm hanging in. Yeah, um, I was just wondering. Um, why? Why are the like? Why? Why does it seem like the Raiders are always like so seem so scared to go after a, a like superstar quarterback? I don't think the Raiders have ever had a superstar quarterback. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, they never have had a superstar quarterback. But another thing is, I think they should be. I think they should be scared of the other three teams. The other three teams, I definitely think, are the ones that are going to be battling for the playoffs for the next few years. And um, I, I know that this league, the NFL, has gone and turned its way to the younger quarterbacks today, and the younger, like the young superstar quarterbacks. And um, yeah, when you, when you mentioned superstar quarterback, who are we talking about? 
Garbage. We're talking about Herbert. We're talking about we're talking about Mahomes. We're talking about Allen. We're talking well, about. Well, okay. Why, you, you're Those saying that the, guys, you're you're, you're saying that. Well, hold on one second. You're saying that the Raiders would have been scared to draft guys like that. Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, but I'm saying yeah, any given time. I mean, like there's. I mean, why not? Why not try for Watson? He, uh, he's affordable, right? We have to play, thank you, we thank you, thank you for answering the question. Because <laughs> I asked you, who are you talking about that they're afraid to go after a superstar quarterback? Yeah, what superstar? So why, quarter- why not? So so why not? Why not after Watson? I mean, he's affordable, right? I mean, they haven't paid Carr yet, and I'm thinking, hey, look, listen, Carr's been in the playoffs twice. Yeah, okay, in the past, last year he did. But I, I just figure that's more of an outlier. I mean, it's a pattern thing with cards. Been five years. Yeah, we always have the problems that we don't have the right pieces or the coaches or the schemes or whatever. But I mean, it's like it just seems like it's an ongoing thing. And I just feel that cards always just going to be like this visitor in the playoffs, while these other quarterbacks that are like the young ones coming in now, and now that the media is pushing them, and you see it all throughout the NFL all the time. It seems like that's the way the NFL is going, and cards kind of been left in the cold. And left in the, in the, I mean, yes, you get some wins here and there, but it, it's like far and few. And it's been that way, and I just don't see nothing much changing there. But what I'm saying is, well, why don't they just dive in and just – why not go for Watson? I mean, you could – and everything else would would elevate itself. And you, I mean, just the pieces, when we could still manage to figure out how to, like, build the rest of the team just like we are with Carr – and I think I. I, I what are you Vegas willing to too. give up? And it's Vegas. And it's and, Vegas too. I mean, it's always, we're talking about the glitz and glamour and all the fame and all this, and, and we just don't have a quarterback for that. I mean, I, as, as, as we always want to see that Vegas is this big thing, you know. Well, hey, hey, hey Guarab, Guarab, Guarab. Let me ask you something. Do you remember what the uh, what? I, and, and I love Deshaun Watson, but uh, just to show Man, you that organizations and hang on, just to show you that organizations and teams win. Do you know what his record was uh, in the last year that he started? In the last year, yeah, he was. He had like four or five wins. I know. I, I mean, he had a, he had a bad year, but I mean, out of the three years or what, four years he's been, I mean, he's taken the, the Texans like what two times, three times to the playoffs. Twice. I, it was twice. twice. Okay. Yeah, and they had okay. good. I, they I, had I, definitely I, had good nine, teams around them. Yeah, but eight, nine years to cars. I mean, nine years. I mean, come on. And cars only had two, and only appeared in one. I hey. I mean, what, my really point. My my point that, is this. My point is this. That four twelve record. Um, you put Deshaun Watson on some of the Raiders teams that Derek Carr's played on, you know, from like uh, 2018, 2019, 2020. They're not making the playoffs. They, 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 the team wasn't good enough to make the playoffs. The te- even with Deshaun Watson, and Deshaun Watson showed this too. When you when you're surrounded by not a not good team, you're going to finish four and twelve. How many times did Drew Brees finish seven and nine on bad chart? Or, or they had three straight years of seven and nine when when Drew Brees was the quarterback. So again, we we get into this whole blaming of Derek Carr for the for you know maybe not making the playoffs and the lack of success. When in reality, it's been an organizational thing. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that don't look into Derek Carr and maybe they have kicked the tires, but. Are you willing to give up what it's going to take to get a, a Deshaun Watson, even knowing some of the situation that happened off the field? I don't. I I, I think that I there's there's other factors in play besides just the talent. I think there's a um, there's there's uh, not garbage. I wouldn't say gar- what am I? What, what's the word that I'm looking for? There's there's baggage that's going to come with a Deshaun Watson and a forty million dollar cap here because he's saying Guar was saying oh, affordable. He's not affordable. He's right. one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league. What is when you get a chance, uh, check out what his salary is, and you you definitely have to factor it, that in uh, as well. I think there's ways to make that happen, but you're going to have to 
you know, figure some of that. Some things are going to have to. You have to move some, some, uh, some pieces to to go fit something like that in on your on your it's salary. Be Thirty-five million this upcoming season. What's that? Thirty-five million. Okay, thirty-five million dollars uh, is 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 how much he's he's going to get paid. Like I I would definitely look into that. You know, no matter what team you're talking about. Um, because he he does represent an improvement, but there are some other issues that are going on that you can't just ignore or sweep under the rug. It's going to take an organization that's going to say, "Hey, we're okay with what happened in Houston, with what's still going on, with all of that." You know, how many? What is it? Twenty two? Yeah, twenty two. It might be more. And no, no organization. Maybe they'll say we we're willing to move forward but no organization is going to say we're okay with what happened no what what exactly no, what i'm think, saying internally internally it, gotta, you know I you know what like, i'm saying internally no, you have to, to say be, we're okay with with the with the uh with the, you're not going to come out and say we're okay with what happened in houston what i'm saying is as an organization you're going to have to say we're okay with the baggage that's going to come along with it and just move forward um you know uh, with it but not every organization is going to come up with that or make that decision at all at all, because there's a lot of baggage there. So, um, you know, uh, and meanwhile, the Raiders, I think, believe they have their quarterback. They just need to improve around uh, that that quarterback. To me, the focus this offseason is getting better around Derek Carr, continuing to get better around Derek Carr. This is a 10-7 and 7 team. They went to the playoffs, and that was after Henry Ruggs and Darren Waller went down for five games. Uh, they had to kind of scramble to get to 10-7, and 7, and that quarterback helped that make that happen so uh fill in around him get them back to where they were to start last season where they were high fly and people were talking about as, him as an mvp then take your chances against the chargers and the broncos and and everybody else you're in the huddle with Vinnie bonson brought to you by tequila and Bader, raider nation radio 920 a.m on a tuesday interact with the show text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor this is in the huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM just to counter what Guarab said uh, you know he had mentioned uh, being afraid to go after a superstar quarterback he they had an MVP he mentioned Patrick Holmes and he mentioned Patrick Mahomes and he mentioned you know Justin Herbert uh, I the Raiders weren't drafting in you know uh in the area where those quarterbacks were, were drafted so who knows what they would have done had they you know been drafting that high in the draft uh, that year but i will say this there were a lot of rumors about the raiders and kyler murray who went number one in a year that the raiders i think had the third pick in that draft who knows if they would have had the first pick in that draft what direction that they would have gone on i don't think that they would have been afraid whatsoever we've heard john gruden and how he's talked about Kyler Murray. So that might have been where the Raiders would have said, okay, we're going to roll the dice here um, and, and and draft a quarterback first overall in, in Kyler Murray um, and, and, and go in that direction. So it's not being afraid. It's having access to those to those draft picks high enough to get those type of guys, you know, and, and Justin Herbert in a lot of ways fell into the laps of the, of the chargers. Uh, and, and they were shrewd enough to make that, to make that draft pick. If the Raiders had that draft pick that year, 
and I was at the uh, Senior Bowl that year, and I know Mike Mayock was there as well. Everyone saw what we saw uh, in Justin Herbert on that field uh, out in Mobile, Alabama. He was lighting it up. So who's who's to say what the Raiders would have done had they had that high of a draft pick that particular year? And that's nothing against Derek Carr. It's just that's the nature of this business. You're always trying to get better at every position on the field regardless. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Dino is on the line. How you doing, Dino? Good, Vinny. How you doing? Doing good, my brother. Good. I got a couple of questions, but I, I want to say something about the last caller as well. The Raider, he's complaining that Carr hasn't made the playoffs in, you know, only twice in eight years. The Raiders have had six coaches in eight years. They haven't done this kid any favors at all. Constant turnover at the offensive coordinator position, the ever-revolving door of wide receivers, and an awful defense up until last year. And they still were horrible in the most important defensive stat, points allowed. They have to get and red down. zone, yeah. But I mean, it all comes down to points allowed. I mean, you, you how many pressures did uh, Max Crosby had last year? Well, what what good did it do? They still gave up twenty six points a game. You, you've got to eliminate <laughs> the scoring plays. That being said, the last four years with John Gruden were so incredibly awful. He was the worst game day coach I've ever seen. The worst play caller the worst decision-maker, and the worst personnel guy that they have had. Tom Brady would have, would have failed with John Gruden. That's how bad Gruden was. Now, on to my questions. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, if they're going to pick up some players other than free agents now through trades, which I'd like to see them do, what players on the current roster that are under contract might be a candidate to be moved? I'd like to see them make a move for maybe somebody like Brandon Cooks. Uh, my other my other question is, how come we still, after all this time, haven't heard anything on the contracts of McDaniel's and Ziegler? Uh, you know, uh, uh, fair questions. Uh, you know, um, no, you're not. No one's obligated to give that information. Even no matter how many times you ask, they don't have to say how long the contract is and for you know what what the cost is or anything like that. My my guess would be it's a standard four year deal for both. Um, that's that would be my guess. But uh, you don't have to announce that. That's not uh, information uh, that uh, that that any team. Is um, you know has to give up, so uh, so I wouldn't you know we'll, at some point I'm sure we'll find out uh, what the length of those of those contracts uh, are. Um, as far as trade assets that the Raiders might have, and you talked you talked about Brandon Cooks, that's a guy that I've I've kept my eye on. Um, I think he would definitely fill a need. He's still a productive wide receiver. Um, and has experience playing in this system. He played under Josh McDaniels in the Patriots uh, a few years ago. I, to me, I think it would be draft picks more than players, uh, unless there's somebody that the Houston Texans absolutely had their heart set on. Um, you know, if you're if you're if you're going to go in that direction, I wouldn't give up Nate Hobbs. I wouldn't give up Trayvon Morig. I wouldn't give up Ty- Tyree Gillespie. I wouldn't give up Colton. You know, I I, I don't know like uh, who who the Texans would say that they have to have. I, I if I'm the Texans, I want assets. I want um, draft picks, and so that's what uh, I think that it would require uh, in terms of a trade for Brandon Cooks. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line, Brian in L.A. How you doing, Brian? Hey, Vin. Doing well. How are you? Doing good, thank you. Uh, Vin, um, just real quick, uh, and one, I think that the Raiders are making a monumental, and I'd love to understand why, but monumental mistake in not going after Watson. And I'll give you three reasons why. 
that it's now a mistake, and you can tell me which which you think I'm wrong at. Number one, Raiders currently have the fourth best quarterback in the division, and I don't think that's that debatable. Uh, number two, they actually have the assets to probably make the best trade because Carr can get you a, a first or maybe even two firsts that you can use, so not even your own, to make that trade you can get Watson, who's 26 years old, under contract, Arguably, when he was playing last two years prior to the uh, suspension year or whatever, um, he was a top five quarterback. And and I meant you mentioned something about contract. Well, car, you know, where do you get that cap space? Well, cars, I think cap space is like twenty twenty five mil, and Watson, let's say it's around thirty five. You're only looking for fifteen million dollars, which you can always play with. That's always done. Um, and then finally you have a chance to get a 26-year-old quarterback in his prime that actually can then put us where Herbert, Russell Wilson, maybe Mahomes are. Um, and if we don't do it now, we're going to be looking at it in two, three years and looking to do the same thing. Okay, let me so ask you this. That- I'm, going to play, I'm going to play a little bit of uh, devil's advocate. And number one, we don't know that they haven't kicked the tires uh, on, on, on uh, Deshaun Watson. We don't know that at all. And number two, you know, uh, if there was some exploratory talk uh, and and maybe the Texans said we're not dealing him, I think he's going to go to the NFC, um, although, the you know, the Cleveland Browns seem to be making a, a, a big push. I think he's going to go to the NFC. I think that's the goal for the Houston Texans to get him out of their conference so that they don't have to really deal with him unless they play in the Super Bowl, you know. Uh, or So he's not going to impede them on their way to a potential uh, Super Bowl. They don't have to play him uh, during the course of the year uh, as many times with him being in a different conference. Um, and if you're the Raiders and you make a call and find out, is there any legitimate um, – you know, possibility that this could happen. Uh, you you try to get a sense of that. I'm not saying that has happened, but I would venture to think to say that I'm in doing their due diligence. They've probably done that. Let's just say, for argument's sake, they have. Uh, and the last thing you want to have happen, if there really isn't a path forward uh, to to trading for him, you don't want that getting out because you have your quarterback on on the roster right now going. Um, you know, uh, hello, you know, so so you can create a problem just by uh, boldly going after somebody that you may not be able to even trade for. And then now you have a problem back home with Derek Carr. You say, well, what about the, you know, Atlanta Falcons? What about the Carolina Panthers? What about the New Orleans Saints? What about the uh, Cleveland Browns? A, I don't think that Baker Mayfield is for long in Cleveland, number one. So I don't think they're even worried about you know, uh, ruffling his feathers. The Carolina Panthers don't really have a quarterback. What are you, you're going to worry about Sam Bradford right now? Or um, um, who's the quarterback? Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold uh, over in Carolina? No. Uh, what are you worried for about in New Orleans? There's nobody, there's nothing established there at quarterback right now. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, um, you know, I think that uh, Matt Ryan probably completely would understand at this point. At, his, at this stage of his career, he's looking at the calendar, where he is, where Deshaun is, and he's like, I get it. I understand that. Whereas, and there's a real, probably a real possibility of a trade happening there because it sounds like Deshaun Watson would really like potentially to go to Atlanta. So you have to be careful in these situations. Number one, in assuming no calls have been made. And number two, 
how aggressively you as the Raiders pursue something that might not be attainable and in the process completely turn off the quarterback that you will have to turn back to if nothing were to happen with Deshaun Watson. You have to be careful. And I think more than anything, um, you know, if I were to if I were to gauge it or uh, you know say something definitively about it, I think the Raiders believe they can win with Derek Carr. He's already shown twice that he could get a team to the playoffs. All right, you put a good team around him because let's face it, he got the team to the playoffs back in what was it, 2017? He got that team to the playoffs. That was him getting them to the playoffs or 2016. He got them. He helped get them to the playoffs uh, this year. So he's shown twice that he can do that with the right team around him. Now just build the right team around him and uh, an even better team than, than than he had in 2016 and last year and see how far he can go at that point. Back out to the Raider Nation list line. Derek Carr's hair is on the line. How you doing, Derek Carr's hair? Hey, how you doing, Vinny? Thanks for taking my call. I got to say my ears were burning. That entire segment, my ears are burning. <laughs> I'm uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Get no love. Hey, so this is more of an observation uh, down the line. I think the AFC, I think what it's all been done, uh, all four teams are not going to be that far apart talent-wise, and I think it's going to come down to three things. It's going to come down to coaching. Um, we've got the best staff. We've got the better staff. It's going to come down to O-line. That's a big thing people are talking about. And finally, it's going to come down to divisional records. Sorry about that. We had to cut it loose, but uh, but I'm with you. I think the offensive line, the defensive line is where it all starts. I think you have the right quarterback right now. Build around him. Continue to build around him. It's not a rebuild whatsoever. Uh, and and he's shown that he could get a team to the playoffs. Just keep improving around him and see how far uh, you guys could go from that point on. Thank you to uh, Sam Gordon uh, for dropping in uh, into the huddle. Our thanks to Demon Cotton for everything that he does. Thank you to all your callers. I love the energy. I love the passion. Bring it. We can agree. We could disagree. It doesn't matter. It's all love. Uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow, 4 to 6 p.m. in the huddle. Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila in Bajado Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m.